Hey, Kate, what's this Extra Crunch thing I keep hearing all about? Extra Crunch gives you access to in-depth coverage on how startups become successful, challenges facing the startup community, enhanced reader tools on TechCrunch.com, member-only conference calls, and more. Sign up today by visiting TechCrunch.com slash subscribe. But honestly, guys, you should definitely be signing up for Extra Crunch. There's tons of amazing content on the site. I, for example, wrote a deep dive on the fertility industry and the VCs and founders that are leading that new sector. If you haven't signed up for Extra Crunch yet, all new members receive a free trial. And even better, if you're an annual member, you receive discounts to TechCrunch events like TechCrunch Disrupt. Enter the promo code EQUITY to save 20% on an annual membership plan. Again, that's TechCrunch.com slash subscribe. Select the annual plan and enter the promo code EQUITY. Hello and welcome back to Equity, the podcast where we talk about venture capital and tech. I'm here again with Alex Wilhelm of Crunchbase News and we're ready to tell you all about uh, Uber's first day on the markets. I want to just point out, though, that in the script, there's a lot more exclamation points than I just got from you there, because I'm hyped. This is a day we've been waiting for. I think for... I sound hyped. Okay. Well, you know what? It is a Friday afternoon, uh, and we are hyped. Uh, Uber, not so much. Kind of a rougher day overall than we thought it was going to be. I'm surprised. Is my first reaction. Yeah, I was definitely surprised, and I want to talk about all the details of Uber's first day on the New York Stock Exchange. But first, let's take a step back. And talk about the lead up to Uber's IPO. Yeah, so if you go back to December, which I know feels like three years ago, but was just about a half a year ago now, both companies filed private S1s, I believe within like about a day of each other. Lyft went first, then Uber dropped it. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of knew that these two IPOs were going to be coming, if not in Q1 and Q2 of this year, and probably in kind of a competitive landscape. And there was discussion back then about who would go first and if that would confer an advantage or a disadvantage on that that player. And then it wound up that Lyft did go first. And there were some notes about the pricing situation there, Kate, because if I recall, Lyft raised its range once and then priced up at the top. So the numbers were an initial IPO target range of 62 to 68. They raised that to 70 to 72 and then priced at 72 a share. So mm-hmm. my read was that was a pretty positive run mm-hmm. and showed a lot of strong market demand. Yeah, it was. And, and you know, as usual, we saw a really nice IPO pop with Lyft. Uh, the first day trading, they went up to $87 a share. Um, you know, everybody was uh, debating whether that was good price, um, given that they did pop so much. And, you know, it was a, it was a very successful IPO. Um, Uber was a different story. I think we, s- we expected a really similar pricing scheme, um, but we saw Uber set a price range of 44 to 50 dollars per share and they ultimately priced at 45 per share only to sink uh, pretty significantly right off the bat um, they began trading this morning at 42 dollars a share and now Shocking. they're yeah now they're what floating around 41 so yeah. they're just they're dropping and um, I think everybody is a little bit surprised by that yeah so the reason why we thought they were going to raise their range is because it felt a bit conservative the 44 to 50 dollar per share IPO target range for uber felt like almost a mulligan like we'll put it out there we'll, we'll get 3x demand at the top end we'll raise the range four or five bucks a share price towards the top mm-hmm. end of that get the valuation where we want it and so to see them price at 45 is sh- shocking and if you track the news very carefully, every time a company is getting close to pricing, there's a news story on like CNBC that says, you know, it's 3x oversubscribed or 20x oversubscribed. Mm-hmm. Uber had far less of that sort of coverage than Lyft did. And I think it goes to show that demand must have been quite a lot softer, especially at the upper end of that first range. Um, and so 45 feels like the second to worst possible number because 
44, I guess. But it's not good. Right. And I think we talked about this quite a bit um, on previous episodes. But um, there was a lot of debate around whether or not it mattered who went out first, whether it was Lyft or Uber. And I think one of the conclusions that I'd come to was... It would matter a lot more for Lyft if it didn't go out first, but for Uber, given that it's such a behemoth and you know monstrous company with this like seventy billion dollar valuation before it IPO'd, it didn't seem like it would really matter much if Lyft, which is mostly um, you know domestic play for ride hailing, uh, went out first. But I think what we're seeing is that it does matter, and it's kind of like screwed Uber over a little bit by not getting out on the markets before Lyft. Well, we talked about that in the context of what if one company goes out first and sets a weird uh, revenue multiple, for example, or what if one company goes out first and then the second one cuts prices, eats their market share and goes public later. What happened instead was Lyft reported earnings earlier this week, Mm -hmm. if you can still believe that that was this week. And they lost, oh my gosh, 10, 11% the next day. And then Uber had to price. So it was the Mm -hmm. worst possible squeeze on Uber trying to get out in the public markets. Uh, I, I, this is a weird comment, but I felt bad for them. Like that's really, yeah. Who do you feel bad for? Just the the Uber employees who wanted to buy a house, you know, I don't feel bad for the rich people, but yeah, I mean, a lot of those people are still getting really rich, so I don't know if I feel bad for them, but Uh, yeah, but I get it. I get it. Yeah. And I, I was just thinking the exact same thing. So Lyft, um, Lyft posted earnings on Tuesday, uh, two days before Uber priced. And, uh, I think ideally Uber would have gone out, I mean, geez, before Lyft went out, but then also before Lyft posted their first earnings, which they lost $1.14 billion in Q1 2019. I mean, a massive amount of money, mostly massive. because of their IPO. And we talked about this on you know the episode that came out this morning. But it's incredibly bad timing on Uber's part. And then, I mean, we'll, we'll get to this, but the, the stock markets were also performing terribly this week. Yes. I mean, so if you think about the, the broader macro context, mm-hmm. we have... And whatever your politics are, a not great situation between the U.S. government and the Chinese government. Uh, they are beefing, as they say, and there's no, you know, kind of conclusion in sight. And this morning, the overall market was down so sharply. Now, notably, the market recovered today, and the Dow ended up in the green. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uber actually declined in the afternoons as the market improved. So. It's not entirely the market's fault, but certainly it was a really rough time to go out there and say, hey, we lose a ton of money and our growth is slowed, but buy our shares. Right, right, uh, right. It's a pitch you want to make when things are buoyant and people are optimistic. Mm-hmm. So at this point, Uber is, like we said, trading around $41 a share. Lyft is still trading um, around $50 a share. So actually, so it's Lyft stock at this point is more expensive than Uber, but um, Lyft is looking at a market cap of, I think, about $15 billion. Uber is looking at a market cap of like $80 billion. So. Remind me, Lyft's last private valuation was fifteen point one billion, I think. Um, from VCs. Yes. Uh, I'm going to look that up while we keep talking because so, I think that's about right. But that's exact. So it's exactly what it is. According to Google Finance, and you know, caveat, caveat, fourteen point six billion is their current public value, which means that they've actually right. grown substantially, and they've shrunk in value. And this is not a great corollary. But Dropbox, which went public earlier, is now worth just a little bit less than its last private valuation. So we're kind of seeing, again, a very valuable company get out, mm-hmm. in Lyft's case, um, but at a slight discount to its last private valuation, which is a repricing by the public markets. Yeah. And Uber, in that context, doesn't seem that surprising. Right. So I just pulled up the article. Lyft raised $600 million 11 months ago at a $15.1 billion valuation. And um, I don't know if you saw, but there was a really interesting story by Shira Ovid. Or Ovid um, Shira's amazing. And, yes, she is. And uh, that came out today. And essentially just saying, um, is it possible that Uber and Lyft have already kind of uh, grown as much as they can? Like, 
and she cited some interesting examples like Uber has been selling uh, stocks in the secondary market for years. And, you know, at one point it was selling them for forty nine dollars a share higher than it is now. And that was like this, this was a couple of years ago. Yeah. And so the kind of the chart that she showed was like it, it showed a peak a couple of years back and it shows them dropping down in value. So that's really interesting. But trend we'll probably start seeing when companies are so well capitalized and so mature. And I think the headline of the story was like Uber is incredibly mature, but also so immature the same time it, it's a really good point it's mm-hmm. it's revenue generation is very mature but its ability to make money off of that is really really unproven mm-hmm. and you know if you're going to go out there and try to get people to bid up your shares you want to do that when people are optimistic not when they're terrified about i don't know the debt right so do you think it would have made it would have been a better outcome if uber had gone public in say 2016 that, when, it, when it was oh, maybe gosh. seven years old or six years old 2016 we could go i wish i'd pulled up its revenue beforehand but uh d- no no i don't think so you don't think they waited too long that's more than what i'm asking not 2016 pr- i don't know if their business but. model works kate so i don't know if it actually would have been better to go in 16 17 18 or yeah. 2020 they could have actually held on for another couple of quarters without going public but i don't well, but, I see why they went out when they did, because obviously it was a good time to, to, for these unicorn IPOs, though they just picked a really bad week. I, I think their their growth was slower than expected. Their losses were higher than expected. And those two things, I think they almost brought it upon themselves. I mean, I, I don't want to be unkind again because I'm trying to be a nicer person, hashtag. But I, 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 that's my core, uh, my core thought here. The numbers are tough. I mean, Lyft grew... It was like 95% last year. Uber grew like 30% last year. Lyft had much better sequential quarterly revenue growth. And it had, I think, a clear path to profitability in the short term. Um, and Uber wanted to have a you know revenue multiple premium, if I recall the calculations correctly. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. So I, maybe, maybe we're actually over-indexing on the trade risks and the macro problems, the market changes. Maybe it's just Uber itself and the core figures that it has. Maybe. I mean, it'll be interesting to sit back and watch how Uber and Lyft um, perform in the next few weeks and, and really over the next couple of years and see if they kind of pull a Facebook, which took like a year for the stock to really start accumulating value. But um, yeah, I mean, I just I don't know. And I'm not going to make any predictions about no, that. We've learned our lesson mm-hmm. about this show and predictions. But um, we were talking before the show about what this IPO accomplished. We've been playing a lot of theory craft around the numbers and the pop and money on the table, and et cetera. Uber raised like $8 billion. Like it is a capitalized company now. It has plenty of money in the bank to prove its model, if you will. And so if, if an IPO is a fundraising event in this case, it was dramatically success- successful. I mean, it was a huge IPO. Mm-hmm. I, I can't knock it. And we did some some really bad math before we hit record. Um, Uber probably has around $14, 15000000000 billion in cash. So it can run billion-dollar quarterly deficits mm-hmm. for years now. Right which is impressive. Um, but before we go, there are some other companies that are watching this, including Postmates. So what's going on uh, over there? Yeah, so apparently Postmates has been keeping a close eye on Uber's IPO. Um, you know, these are both on-demand economy businesses that rely on gig workers and, and things like that. So I guess, you know, it's looking at Uber as sort of a, hmm, let me let me just see how Uber does and then I'll decide when I'm going to go. And rumors are that Postmates, I think, um, expected to IPO second half of this year. They, they have right. they filed paperwork already, so, you know, they're they're well on their way. Um, and it's, it's kind of like, well, to me, it's like, sure, if Uber doesn't do well, but what are you going to do? Just not, are you just going to wait for an acquisition deal? Like there's not, you can't just From hang who? out forever. Right. And I don't know what Postmates last valuation was off the top of my head, but I'll look it up. obviously it's not something comparable to Uber or Lyft, but it's still a, a billion dollar business. Um, that needs to eventually provide liquidity to its stockholders. So I, I guess, I guess waiting and watching how Uber does 
will be interesting and they'll certainly learn a lot from it. But regardless, they're going to have to exit at some point. After its Series F, which was landed in January 10th of this year, they were worth $1.9 billion post-money, $1.8 billion pre. Okay, yeah. So this is going to – I mean, that's – an IPO of a, of a much different scale, though I assume they still will go public later this year. Um, I I don't I'm curious. I would love to sit down with um you know the Postmates uh, executive team and hear what they got out of like you know waiting and watching Uber and and what lessons learned. But um you know. I think there are a lot of lessons, but there's also more companies in this space. I mean, DoorDash has raised an epic pile of money from a number of investors. Right, and it has a much larger valuation. Much larger valuation. And today, one thing that people like Dan Premack over at Axios were keeping tabs on is how well the Grubhub stock perform because a large chunk of Uber's um, gross bookings and net rev and therefore operating margins come from food delivery. And so these other companies that, that specialize in that mm-hmm. sort of thing are definitely comps to some degree. And so they can't be stoked. I mean, if Uber had gone up 10% today, they would be, I presume, a lot happier. So it's yeah. not a great moment for yeah. unicorns. But man, if I'm Postmates, I'm looking at um, Uber, I'm looking at like Blue Apron, which is like a you know subscription meal delivery whatever oh, company. Yeah. Um, that's just not really motivating me to IPO. Okay. But then Theorycraft <laughs> one more time. Then what? What will these companies do if they don't go right. public? Who That's wants what to I'm buy saying. them? I mean, exactly. They don't have a choice, so it'll happen. Yeah. Well, we will have more on the Uber IPO as it kind of continues along. But in the meantime, happy Uber IPO day, everyone! And we can finally drop this topic and talk about something finally. else. Yes. Uh, we've, Uber's been the biggest topic on the show since its very first episode. Uh, it's still going to be a big topic. Less though, it's public now. Yeah, but well, you're right. That's well, gonna be weird. Okay, it's, well, it's it's like it's like I'm a happy. weird friend moving out of town. But um, we will be back next week. Kate, lovely to see you. You too. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening, and a big thank you to our producer Christopher Gates, our executive producer Henry Pickovet, and we will see you all right here next week. <laughs>